I would say here's my my two strongest opinions on podcasting. A, if you're going to do it, 100% make it a video podcast. Yeah. I think most people get that by now, but I still see a lot of big companies going audio. And right. here's the big difference is that when you have an audio, all you are is a long hour episode. A, you don't get to see anyone's faces, but B, someone wants to all that thing is an hour long piece of audio and you have to go to say Spotify or Apple or whatever it is and if you want to hear a sound bite you got to make it through the whole thing so it it just lives as that and then you got to build the followers to the to the podcast it's a very hard thing as soon as you turn it to video you've got it it becomes a content marketing machine right yeah. so just yeah. like you do with yours so you don't even have to look at it. Are we getting subscribers to our podcast? That's not even the most important, the, the value that you're getting. The value that you're getting is all of a sudden you've got a video production house and you can take that hour long thing and cut it into 20 snippets. Welcome to the Environmental Transformation Podcast, where we talk with industry leaders, climate champions, and sustainability professionals who are making an impact in their businesses today. Each leader is solving complex challenges and providing solutions within their respective areas of expertise. And here's our host, Sean Grady. Hello, ET Nation. It's time to spread the word about this podcast. If you're just tuning in for the first time, well, welcome. We are honored to have you here with us. Please take a moment and subscribe to the podcast and leave a review about this episode. If you are a longtime listener, well, thank you. Uh, if you haven't gone to my website lately, uh, please sign up for our newsletter, blog posts, and email announcements. And do it now. Go to www.seankgrady.com. That's www.seankgrady.com. And become a member of the ET Nation today. We look forward to having you join us. Welcome to the Environmental Transformation Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Grady. Today's guest is Dan DeFrederico. Dan, how are you doing today? Welcome to the show. Yeah, doing great, Sean. Good to see you, man. Thanks for the invitation. It's good to have you. And, and for the listeners, Dan is the founder of Trends.CEO. It's a marketing agency that shapes the enterprise executives into trusted publishers on channels like LinkedIn and others. Dan is creating a new category of marketing, leadership marketing, and says that it will be the key driver of revenue and professional services for professional services organizations in the future. And Dan, we're really excited to have you. And let's dig into this topic about creating a leadership marketing strategy. All right. Sounds great, Sean. So why is it important for leaders or executives to create content? I think, I don't think it's news to anybody. If you look at where consumers' intention are these days, it's podcasts like what you're doing here, right? So podcasts are just growing astronomically but it's on all the social channels, right? LinkedIn is a major customer channel now for professional services, large B2B organizations. I think if I've been doing this for quite some years, and I think if we look back 10 years ago or so, we were creating content almost just to keep the lights on. 
We didn't really know what we were doing. We knew it was important for executives and businesses to have a presence there. But I would say it was more, a little bit more self-promotional. You'd share maybe some awards that your company got or your accolades. LinkedIn was a, definitely more of a resume channel. Yeah. And if you look, you fast track to today, it is a major customer channel. The brands and the leaders that are doing it, they are very vocal about the revenue that they're driving for their organization. And the big difference is it's not coming from their corporate branded account anymore. The businesses that are driving revenue and business impact and recruiting and all of those, those important objectives, that's, they're only having success when the executives have a presence, right, on the channels and they're creating the content. And it makes sense. If you look at all of the channels that are out there from Instagram to TikTok to LinkedIn podcasts, it's all centered around an individual. Yeah. So it, it was a few years back when we were just setting these things up, maybe 10, 15 years ago, we really focused on the corporate account, the branded account. How do we take thought leadership and cut it up and put it on the corporate account? And it's changed drastically. It's all about individuals. It's all about authenticity. And, and it, it makes sense, right? It's, in my opinion, it's about some of the business fundamentals, right? You want to get visibility on who you are, what your vision is what value you bring to customers. And that's where customers are these days. It doesn't matter if it's consumer or B2B, they're on these channels. And so it's just critical that the leadership are being active and creating authentic content. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I, I definitely have seen the trend or the change over time. You know, LinkedIn, when you first got onto the platform, was it seemed very sterile in a way where you didn't really know the face behind them, any of the messaging that was coming out from companies. It was just like, Hey, we do this, or we're involved with this. And you never really knew who from the company was involved. You just knew like a story from a company and to see creators now that are executives and leaders inside these companies craft their own message. It's a big, it's a game changer because now you put the face to the name and you can put more trust in that individual as far as what they're you know talking about. So I think that really has transitioned and transformed the way people are thinking about creating content. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I use that. You mentioned the word trust. One of those words that, of course, most businesses use, especially professional services, it's all about trust. Right. And that's really what it is. I think when some of us think social marketing or digital marketing, we're thinking dashboards and how do you track attribution and clicks through rates and I think it's much simpler than that. The, yeah. the brands that are doing it well, they're just showing up every day and they're offering value, right? So you're showing up every day, Sean, on your podcast. People know now your face. They know what you stand for. They know the customers that you work with, some of your principles, and this trust is built online. They feel like they know you. And odds are when eventually down the road, one of those customers is ready to buy, you might be top of mind because of the content and that's it, they, you're trustworthy. So I think it's much, I've been in digital marketing for quite some time. I've seen it shift from, it used to be more about the content and creativity. The last 10 years was a shift to more dashboards and trying to really use data to understand what customers are doing and track them in this perfect linear. And I think we focused, yeah. maybe we pivoted a little bit too far into the, the analytics of marketing. And we forgot about the fundamentals, just creating like authentic content 
and having faith that's going to reach your customers and it's not going to be perfectly trackable, but you get these signals, right? You probably see them when you put content out on LinkedIn. I see it. LinkedIn is my major revenue driver. I put content out and I start seeing these signals. I see likes or comments maybe for the, from the right customers, but sometimes not even. Sometimes I'll hear about it when I'm on a customer call and they say, yeah, I saw that newsletter that you did weeks back. And I didn't, none of the analytics tracked it. Right. So I yeah. think that the customers are there. I'm creating, <laughs> I'm trying to add value. So it's not about me. It's really just, I'm putting content out there to try and give my strategies away, give them. And, and that builds, and I can say with proof that it really has built my visibility and then built my credibility. And that's ultimately what made the, made the sale at the end. I think it's really a good point about not focusing on the metrics or the analytics a bit. I think a lot of us are conditioned through Facebook and Instagram. And how often are you on, are we on our phones constantly like checking, Hey, did someone like this? Or I want to see what's going on. Did someone comment? And I think if we get caught up in that and I'm guilty of it too, like everybody else is, because it's the, I guess it's that dopamine effect in your mind. You got a little you know nugget there that's, Oh, I got something that's great. And it makes you feel better. But the reality is it's like, hey, don't worry about that. Keep pre- keep putting out the content, build the credibility, and then the, the trust is going to come as well. And then, like you said, top of mind, someone's like, wow. And it is, so re- it is so rewarding when someone hits you up and say, oh, yeah, I, I listened to that episode or I saw your post about this. You're everywhere, stuff like that. It's like, okay, you're having an impact. Maybe you don't know it because you put stuff out into the internet. You don't know who really sees this material. It's not trackable in that sense. But when you get the feedback and when it comes, like you said, I got some, oh, I saw, I read your news article a month ago. Oh, okay. It still made you feel really good, didn't it? That someone took the time to read it, got some good nuggets out of it. And you're like, this was great. And now they view you as a leader. Yeah. That's it. And I think it's great. How can leaders create an effective social media presence, Dan? That's like the big, I think, challenge for a lot of executives and leaders who are they're doing a great job in their business, but they really haven't put any thought into creating a strategy around a social media presence. How do they do that? Where do they start? Yeah, there's so many ways I could approach this. The first thing is you got to you, you have to really uh, understand the potential first. you got to get bought in somehow because you got to prioritize it. It takes a bit of time. So there's a few ways you can do that. You can get help from your team. You can get help from an agency, but ultimately, so there's ways to scale it so that you need less of your time. But at the end of the day, you have to realize that this is a priority and it's not about these other, it's not about engagement. It's not about likes and these other things that we used to convince a leader. It's really a business fundamental. Now I see it. So you have to realize that. And it's not a nice to have. So get that through your head, first of all, and believe in that. It's table stakes now. So understand that and then choose the channel, I would say. We do a lot of, almost all of our work is on LinkedIn. We do a lot of videos, so that's agnostic. But if you're in venture capital or tech, potentially Twitter is right for you as well. But I would say for the big big organizations, professional services, B2B, LinkedIn is a major player now. It's growing rapidly. So choose that. And uh, I think the key is to understand what you're going to talk about, right? And there's a few different ways. That sounds obvious, but you'll probably see 
a lot of leaders out there. So let's look at the CEO. They need to talk about quite a few different things, right? So they need to talk about their organization, strategy, employer branding. We did this really big analysis recently. We, we've looked at a number of different industries, but we looked at banking right now. We looked at what are the big five. We got these big five banks in Canada and they've been around for a long time and they're more traditional organizations. And we compared what are they creating, their content strategy compared to these fast growing new digital banks that are really eating up market share. Yeah. They're a little bit younger, right? And they're more on trend and more on trend for marketing. And the biggest difference, and I won't go into all the details, but that the traditional organizations were still talking about really high level messages, more comms messaging, I would say, awards and employer branding and these types of things, which are important, but they're way out of whack in terms of balance for the traditional organizations. The new companies that are fast growing on these channels they are focusing on value for their customers, first and foremost. So the difference was substantial, right? It was only 20% of the content on the big banks was for the customers, and it was about 50% for the fast growing. So the first thing before you, know, you do anything else is think about what your content strategy is. And I would mm -hmm. say lean more into customer strategy, differentiation, so vision, all of that, those things that you would pitch to a customer, you would pitch to an employee if you had them in, in a Zoom meeting, for example, right. right? So focus on that type of content and yeah. just think about how can I add value or how can I add something new to the conversation? So what makes you different than your competitors? You don't have to call that out, but talk about your vision. And so I would say focus on what those pillars are and what you're, you got to bring in the authenticity. Yeah, so, and, yeah. And that's one of those words that was, I don't even like using it a few years ago. It's fluffy. It's one of those catchphrases you hear all the time, but essentially is that they, the copy paste days are over. They're going to customers and your stakeholders are going to know if it's not coming from you and, and talk about those things that are true to you, right? If it's the vision, if it's the, these other personal topics, it's got to come through your personality has to shine through. And then the last thing I'll say is, so once you have those pillars, then, then think about, okay, what are the three, two to three things I'm going to talk about? My industry, the vision, the employees, and maybe that's it for, for this year. And maybe I'll just end off by saying the ultimate hack, and we can get into this in more detail too, is I'd say video. Yeah. Not only is that obviously what we're doing today, the most important human content, right? We're all working virtually. You don't get the FaceTime. So seeing someone's face and their voice is so important. But if you can sit in a, an executive in front of a camera and just get them talking. You it's get a game changer. Cause it's like, you, it goes, you mentioned, it goes back to the authenticity. You can't replace, or basically what I guess would rather say is the video short circuits, the entire AI concept of taking content, mm -hmm. repurposing it because you're mm -hmm. getting it from the horse's mouth, right? You're, you're getting it directly from, the individual instead of creating content that sounds great that might be ai generated or just written out by a thought leader but it's, it's too impersonal this a video is like the most impactful in my mind absolutely and it just it makes sense right written words are they're important but when someone sees your face and your voice and your personality shines through and so, but here's the thing with the video hack, say the, the, ex, the executive wasn't re really ready to publish video, which I think you can push them to, but 
it's just a, a great way to extract their ideas and get yes. them talking. And then they realize, ah, that sounds great. Let's write it that way as well. The way that they spoke those words. Right. And so if you can just sit in front of a camera for an hour a month and start talking, have somebody ask you questions around business strategy, customers, what are the three things that you your company nailed last year? What are you going to focus on next? And start talking about these things. You realize you've got a lot to say. We're all, these execs are very smart and they've got opinions. And so just find a way to extract it. And video is just a great way to do that. And we'll be right back after this brief message from our sponsor. Today's episode is sponsored by TerraTherm. TerraTherm is a worldwide leader in the development and implementation of thermal remediation services for organic contaminants. They partner with environmental consultants, engineering firms, government agencies, corporations, and property owners to achieve their remediation cleanup goals. Their experienced project teams and patented technologies are based on over 20 years of successful project experience and R&D in the thermal remediation of soil, rock, and groundwater. If you are evaluating in situ remedial alternatives for organic contaminants, then it's time to think thermal. To learn more, check out their website at www.terratherm.com. Yeah, so what would be an effective, say, cadence or frequency an executive would want to post to keep that, that constant drip of good content out there to keep their presence up in the minds of listeners or viewers or followers? Yeah, so I'll take, I usually take a different approach than most here. So for <laughs> most, you're probably here, let's do the crawl, walk, run. And in my experience, that is not a good a strategy. Leaders want to see impact. And they're not in their roles. If we're talking about the executive or anyone who's ambitious, like they didn't get there by doing things half-assed or slow. Right? right. So if they get that, it's important, like start to go all in, because if you're going to say, okay, let's try and get one post out a month or every, every couple weeks, and then you miss a week, it's, they're going to stop prioritizing because they're not going to see any results. Right. And so the algorithms, first and foremost, they, they like LinkedIn will prioritize consistency. So if you take a few weeks off the algorithm itself, like no one knows the answer, but it looks like they start to penalize you that ah, this guy, this lady's not serious. So let's prioritize, deprioritize their content. I'm saying minimum go, go weekly. I think that's a great mark to hit. And if you're not willing to invest in that, you might not get the results out. But once you start doing it, if you get in front of the camera, if you do prioritize it and, and have a bit of a system, you will see you have way more content to share than a week, than once a week. So you could start going every, the, the ones that I follow, that I put in my presentations, that I study, they're doing a post every day. And yeah. the cost, that's why I go to LinkedIn, because I follow five or six CEOs or thought leaders that they've got some value every day. And so I'm like, for example, I'm building, my business is quite new. I follow a tax advisor. I follow a marketing strategist. I follow a business coach and I go on there and I know every day they're going to give me something that's going to be, oh, wow. That's good so for you. It's not only good for the, their business, but it's good for you because you're picking up nuggets of learning that you need to know or you'd like to know, right? That's exactly it. And then when it comes to, when I hit a certain point in my business, 
who do you think I'm going to want to work with when I need a tax advisor? I'm 100% going to that person that's been giving me value. It's, you know, it's not rocket science. I just trust them. They've, I know that they know what they're talking about. They're exactly. in my top of mind every day. So that can work for any single industry. It doesn't matter if you're in healthcare, mining, sustainability, whatever that is. Let's dig into a little deeper here. So what goes into developing a unique industry leader narrative that will stand out in the crowd? You got an executive or a leader who's in the business. They've been doing certain things for a while. They've got some great skills and a business, but how do they create that unique industry leader narrative? Yeah. Yeah. I use that word narrative uh, often. And this is, let's say this is phase two. You don't need this from the, out of the gates. But you probably, Sean, you probably follow a number of different folks who are active. And this mm -hmm. is still a good thing. Step one is to just start being active. So say you are a, I don't know, cybersecurity in the cybersecurity business, just keeping the lights on, talking about what's happening in the industry, what are the risks, what are the challenges, that's already putting you on you know, thought leader status and you're going to build trust with customers. But the, and you might notice this yourself, but at least in my perspective, the ones, the leaders that I really, that really stand out, they have something that's sitting over top of their um, industry. So while everyone's just creating a lot of noise around cyber, one leader might say, forget about the tech, forget about all of these different pieces that we, we speak about. The, the number one thing we need to focus on is cyber, solving this, the talent gap. And so maybe that's their priority for this year. And then that's what they're really, that's their kind of red thread of all their content. I know another leader that's all about, it's one of the big organizations and they say that trust, business trust, or trust is the new business currency. And so although he's a CEO and he should be talking about all of these different industries and he does, and all of these things that are happening, he always has this red thread of trust that goes through it all. And then the last one is that one, one gentleman, Chris Walker, I talk about all the time who's building up uh, marketing and sales organizations, his whole thing. And we share a lot of the same thoughts is that B2B marketing is broken. It's and he talks about leadership as well. And you know what we're talking about today, but he talks about the analytics and everything that's broken. So he's known as this, he's not just adding noise to be marketing and trends and all these things Now he's saying it's broken because of analytics and this and that. And that's here And every day he's showing up and talking about that. So I don't know if, if those examples made sense, but it's like these, the, the leaders that are doing a really great job, they have this strong narrative that it's almost like their mission to talk yeah. about this and solve this one thing. And it just adds clarity. And so if you can, and just practically for a, a leader, it could be your vision for the company. Like this is business strategy stuff. So if you have a very strong differentiator from competitors and this is where we need to go in the industry, that could be your narrative. It oh could, yeah. It could be yeah. something else. It could be a subtopic in your industry that the way that you see the world a little bit differently that you want to be known for. I think your example was about, say, the cybersecurity one where the leader was talking a lot about um, cybersecurity, which is great. There's a lot of industry interests there and technology aspects to it, mentioning that his main concern was the talent gap or the, the staffing capabilities to, to support that industry is the really the big concern. Mm -hmm. That's a great that's a great example of the leader standing up saying all this other stuff is great. Here's where our real issue are is and what we want to focus on and growing that talent gap. That's a great example, I think, with 
setting of somebody in, in a more leadership leadership role within the industry when they're dealing with a, a big issue like that. I think it's that weaving that into the narrative shows that they're the expert. How many leaders are stretched so thin in this? We're all like running a hundred miles an hour. We've got so many meetings here and there. And how can they create content to help connect to their audience as in a customer base? We talked a little bit about getting video going and stuff, but I guess it's really about the time management side of things. Should it be as simple as let's sit down for an hour and go through a bunch of questions and then use that content to dice it up over a course of a month into bite-sized nuggets, like I like to say, where the content's really compact mm. and it's addressing a, a major question and you take it and you can repurpose that on a weekly basis. Is that like a great strategy for executives or is what other ways would you do it? Yeah, I think that's going to work for the masses. Leader, you say, this is important. I'm going to put it in my schedule and then I'm going to build a little system around it. So maybe it's the, my team's going to film me and then I'm going to have an interviewer who asks me questions about what's happening. So they prepare some questions and then they're going to go off and chop the video up and create it. And then there's a system there. So I think that's going to work for the masses. I think the ones that do it like that are the best that are showing up every day and creating it, they're taking a, they have a, let's call it like a content mindset throughout the week. When I do my strategy session with a new customer, I have almost a mood board of these different leaders who create, maybe someone's a video strategy one. There's one persona, his name's Andy Byrne. He's the CEO of Clary. He's, he's fantastic on LinkedIn. So I, I use him a lot because his whole approach is he comes out of a meeting. He realizes that he has this great access to all of these CEOs. And he'll say, he'll go right to LinkedIn and say, just got out of the meeting with 10 CEOs. Like, here's what's on top of their mind. It's budgets are getting tight. You got to convince the CFO these days if you want to sell anything. He just comes off with these insights that he, he gets throughout the day. Right. You can't play, like for that, you need to have a mindset. Whereas old, maybe the old version of him would have said, these insights, I'm just going to use them and take them for myself and use them for my business strategy. Yep. The new creator CEO, I, I like to call them that, this new persona of CEO that's out there, they realize that you no, know, the value of this, of these insights, it's more valuable for our business if we put them out there because that builds followers, it builds trust, it builds visibility for all of us. So let's just get these insights. And you, so you'll see the, the ones that are really um, changing the game on, on these channels, they're thinking of it all the time. It's a second nature. They get a great insight from a podcast. So that would be my last tip as well. You're like, just getting ready to go to my next question. Oh yeah. Okay. So maybe <laughs> yeah. I'll talk to you for that then. But that, no, that's great. I was going to say, how do you think podcasting is changing the landscape of thought leadership and content creation? And we talked about creating video and having that instant thought content leadership post that, you know, Hey, I just came out of a meeting. This is, these are the pieces of information I think are relevant for my audience. But let's talk about podcasting. I think there is another medium that is helping thought leaders change the way they are viewed and leading their companies. Yeah, a lot of things to say about podcasting. So take at the baseline, it's using podcasts, like starting to listen to them to get your own, an engine for your own thoughts. So not even participating in the podcast, we're just listening. Here's the biggest threat I see with my customers is that 
the ones that don't get it and they aren't, they aren't doing it, it's because they don't use these channels. So I've asked a CMO, I've asked CEOs, like, what are your favorite podcasts or people to follow? I do this through my briefing process. A lot of them don't have any, they're not listening. And they are, that's the biggest threat to their business in this space is that they don't even know this world exists of attention and visibility and how things are changing. So it's hard to get it if you're not listening. That would be the first thing I would say is find a few podcasts or influencers like you chop yours up into videos. Find a few people that are in your space and start listening. Then you'll get it. Then you see the potential. And then they'll also, Sean, you might say something about this happening, sustainability and project. And then that triggers a thought and you say, yeah, but I actually see it a little bit differently or I agree with that. And that's how I write uh, content. So I listen to a a lot of podcasts. When something triggers me, I'll just open up like a draft email. I'll put in a couple of thoughts. Oh, that would make a good post. So I've got all these rough notes. And then I just have 30 minutes where I'll write them into actual posts. But I'm not starting from scratch. I don't go to LinkedIn.com and say, I'm going to make a post today. No, I've got notes. I've got ideas because I think about it and I listen to podcasts. So that's, Yeah. yeah. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, I think that is where it's spot on. Podcasts have been around now for a while, about 20 years almost, I believe. But it's still somewhat of a new medium for a lot of people to dig into and access. And it's growing every day. The amount of podcasts that are being created and started is mind-boggling, actually, when you think about how many new podcasts are being started on a daily, weekly, monthly basis. I think the the challenge with podcasts when people want to think about creating them is it's about, okay, you've got a message, you've got a mission, but how do you sustain it? What do I have enough information? Do I have enough interest? Do I have enough topics and content that I want to continue to create? And do I have some feedback? Am I getting good feedback from my listeners that meet just telling me, Hey, people are listening and it's worth continuing and keep going. And and I think those are the challenges when people want to get started. And then I think there's the technology challenge. Like, Mm. how do I get started? Yeah. What do I do? How do I get it? So there's coaches like you, you're an executive coach. There's podcast coach too. And we help people start podcasts. And I think that's another service for a lot of content creators who are looking for that leadership role and wanting to get their message out. They just need someone to help them. And so those are areas, I think, in the business that are very similar to certain, it's a sliver of what you're doing, but it's a piece of the, the puzzle that helps people create content. I will, um, 100%, man. I would say here's my, my two strongest opinions on podcasting. A, if you're going to do it, 100% make it a video podcast. Yeah, I think most people get that by now, but I still see a lot of big companies going audio. And here's the big difference is that when you have an audio, all you are is a long hour episode. A, you don't get to see anyone's faces, but B, if someone wants to, all that thing is an hour long piece of audio and you have to go to say Spotify or Apple or whatever it is. And if you want to hear a soundbite, you got to make it through the whole thing. So it it just lives as that. And then you got to build the followers to to the podcast. It's a very hard thing. As soon as you turn it to video, you've got, it, it becomes a content marketing machine, right? Yeah. So just yeah. like you do with yours. So you don't even have to look at it. Are we getting subscribers to our podcast? That's not even the most important, the, the value that you're getting. The value that you're getting is all of a sudden you've got a video production house 
and you can take that hour long thing and cut it into 20 snippets. Yep. Great sound bites. So forget about the value of the podcast subscriber thing, which is a huge, hugely valuable, but harder to achieve. Just look at it as this is a content engine and that's going to fuel all of our corporate accounts, going to fuel our executive accounts. Anyone who joins our podcast can also get clips to make themselves look good on their channel. So it's this Absolutely. incredible machine. It, it totally is. So I, when I started my podcast three years ago, I started out just doing listening to listening podcasts. I didn't incorporate the video piece until I would say about 10 to 15 episodes in, I realized I was like, I need to just take some of these videos that I'm recording and start repurposing them as part of a YouTube channel along with the actual episode. And it'll have a very similar release schedule. It'll be the exact same interview. There'll be maybe a, a touch more unfilteredness to the the interview as opposed to the podcast itself on, on the platform, podcast platform. But I said, it's going to be much better. We're going to have that content that, like you said, you can repurpose. And it's made a complete 100% difference in the wow. podcast. I can imagine, man. Yeah, I see it. I see your stuff. Obviously, we're connected and we chat sometimes, but I open up LinkedIn. There you are. You're visible. You're at, your credibility is increased because you're speaking with other credible people. You're, I know of what you guys are working on at GHD a lot because of the conversations that you're having. And I'm not looking for it, right? You're there. And it's not even my industry, right? I know who you are and it's an industry that I don't work in. And so it's effective. Yeah. No. And it's all because of the video content. Like I wouldn't listen. I wouldn't go out and seek and listen through several hours of a podcast that's on a different industry than mine. But uh, because it's human and visual and short and it's on LinkedIn, I, now I know who you are in your podcast and that's how effective it really is. And Absolutely. The, the last piece that I'll say to, to the executives, everyone wants to start their own. I think you should do that because this is not going anywhere podcasting. It's, this is now a table stakes for a business to have just like a website. Yep. So definitely think long-term and start building it. But the low hanging fruit is go and find other people who have already built a podcast that have thousands of followers that are in your industry and go and be a guest just like I'm doing today. That's right. right. I don't have my own, but, and, I, and this can take me a long time to build it. But while I'm doing that, join others because you are, you want guests on yours. So I'm helping Absolutely. you out. You're helping me out. And it's like, I get to immediately tap into your audience. And that's how this whole machine works. Start doing that. In year one, your visibility will increase tremendously rather than if you just started to just focus on your own. Absolutely. And I couldn't agree with you more. It is table stakes. It's time to, it's like a, a must have required. It's just part of the business plan. You need to do it. Uh, I think most leadership uh, executives who are, are looking to make, basically looking to level up in their game. This is, if you, if this isn't part of it, it needs to be. So I would agree with that. Hey, thanks for listening to the environmental transformation podcast. We'll be right back after this message. Did you know E-Tank is the only environmental rental equipment company in the industry that offers a 100% certified clean guarantee and no additional cost? Well, this gives customers the peace of mind knowing that container contents from the previous renter isn't going to cross-contaminate the contents of the current customer and potentially cause liability concerns. 
You know, E-Tank also provides a one-of-a-kind complete maintenance program for all its rental items, including liquid-tight roll-off containers, fluid transfer pumps, and filtration system components. To learn more about the types of containers and pumps E-Tank supplies, check out their website at www.etank.net. So the next time you are faced with an environmentally challenging project, give E-Tank a call to help solve your problem. It's just that easy. How do you see AI and ChatGTP involved in this whole content uh, creation? They've been disrupting our lives and, and the way that we consume information for a, while, a bit now. People are like, oh my gosh, it's ChatGTP now and they can just automatically generate content like crazy. But how are these technologies helping or hurting thought leaders? I don't think they're um, hurting. I'll say that I've tried it every which way. They're terrible at writing. So I don't think they're going to be replacing writing anytime soon. It's really not good at all, right? So and I've tried different tools and different ways to prompt it just to not to copy and paste, but just to see if it can assist in this process. And it can't, not from the actual writing, um, but it does do some other remarkable things. So I would say first, it uh, heightens the bar for content. So just from a digital marketing perspective, a company could have had been driving insane amount of revenue just from a great search engine marketing strategy of writing blogs. So there's some companies out there that will publish, I don't know, 10 blogs a day, and it's not really value adding. Anyone could have written noise. It. It's, it's noise, noise, right? <laughs> but it was effective noise, I'll say, for 10, 20 years because that would drive search. Google would recognize it as new content, and you could drive a lot of business. But what AI has done now, anyone can do that. So now Google's deprioritizing it. They're looking for authentic content, long form. Like the bar is risen because of chat GPT. So anybody can write the, that kind of copy paste thought leadership now. So now these, the authenticity, the narratives that we were talking about, right? Having a unique point of view, those who have, that's not a machine, but that's human and who do it through leaders and have an authentic point of view. They're the ones who are going to win. So yeah. it, it, it increased the bar, but I will, I'll say that it can be a great prompt for you need ideas on what to write about. You can give it a great brief, say, I'm in this industry. Here's what I wrote in the past. It will give you really good ideas on what to write about. So that's a great hack. And we were talking about this a couple of weeks ago. You can now take a long form video and upload it to some of these AI fueled tools and they'll chop it up into good sound bites like they could even do it with ours and for for whatever reason they know which sound bites are, are good and they'll chop it up for you they'll add captions auto captions so you don't have to do that anymore they i've seen now some and it, I, I tested a few didn't work too well but they're doing the b-roll the automatic b-roll so maybe i'm saying healthcare right now and they'll automatically cut to a healthcare clip and put that in the video so the video space is getting pretty interesting. And I think that'll add all the scalability, but it all starts with the authentic content that's not going to be replaced. Mm -hmm. And you can use kind of machines and AI to help you distribute it, to format it, and to do all these cool things. More of an assist tool than an actual content creating tool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Is, I think that the view of what how I see mm -hmm. the chat GTP and AI type stuff. You're right. I, I think as an executive leader, I wouldn't rely on 
AI slash chat GTP to create my little content messages without basic and posting them without really vetting out the information that's being released because then it's, it's not really you or that person. It's just message content that's it's pulling and scraping off of the internet or, or content that's been out there that needs to be, it's being repurposed and it's not really from the leader. And I think we, that could be a trap. Just thinking out loud, that could be a trap. When you think about risks and traps like that, what types of business risks are there for leaders who don't have a solid social media presence or marketing strategy? Yeah, the business risk for me, the number one that everyone should be afraid of is not showing up. So there's the business risk to not doing it. I came from a very regulated. I was in the, one of the big four previously. There was, we were doing audit marketing, professional services and taxes. There's a lot of risks involved. And before it used to be the risk was what happens if we do this and X happens someone sees it, a client doesn't like it. We talk about one client and not another. That used to be the risk now. And I think even that industry gets it. The bigger risk is not doing anything at all. So right. you're, you're disappearing. You're becoming invisible and yep. you're irrelevant. Right. And so Sean, you see it. We talk about this, right? The, the views that you get on your content. I do this equation when I, in some of the trainings or when I take a leader, we just look at if you did a few posts a week, or a few posts a month to start, and you've got a baseline of followers, right? that snowballs every month into something, a lot of my customers easily hit 50,000 views, 100,000 views. Really, those numbers are important. Look at the views you get on an article and your website. Like just start comparing the eyeballs that you get on say LinkedIn when you create mm -hmm. something. And then mm -hmm. just say, what if we did this once a week through all of our executives? And that number becomes astronomically big, like millions a year. And so, and I follow some big companies that clearly they used to be more dinosaurs and now they are waking up and you see their executive teams are doing it every day and they got 20,000 followers. That's what's happening. So that's millions and millions of views that would cost you hundreds of thousands of dollars in paid media if you wanted to buy those views on advertising and they're doing it for free. And it's authentic. And so that's the risk. You're not doing that and your competitors are doing that. And so it's not just a fluffy number. Now we're actually talking about impressions. We're talking about visibility. We're talking about media dollars and all the ROI that comes with that. So that's the biggest risk that I'd see in all of my days. I've been a head of social for some big brands. We had so many guardrails and policies and in my day, I've still yet to see any catastrophe happen from somebody sharing content. I've never seen a client get pissed off. If there's any uh, issue, it's usually an internal issue. One of your colleagues said, I shouldn't be talking about that. Why are you talking about my industry? I don't know, something like that. So it's usually we put these pressures on ourselves. I think do it in a smart way. Have a system of approvals, especially if you're in regulated industry, obviously. Don't just be posting it. Have a flow of marketing compliance or whoever that is to look at it and to bring them in that program too from the get-go have their consultation and bring them into the program so that everything's set up from the, from the beginning in a way that's safe and makes sense yeah. but i think the risk of not doing it is bigger than anything else uh, 100 agree with you there so <clears throat> et nation thanks for tuning in we'll be right back after this message 
If you're listening to this podcast, I'll bet you may be thinking, how can I level up and advance my career? If you want to get that promotion, increase your regulatory knowledge, gain professional recognition, and earn more money, then it's time to obtain an industry credential from the Institute of Hazardous Material Management. The IHMM offers eight credentials that are ANSI approved for students, experienced, skilled employees without a degree, and for the degreed professional looking to set themselves apart from the pack. Their credentials focus on three main areas, Certified Hazardous Material Manager, the CHMM, the Certified Dangerous Goods Professional, the CDGP, and the Certified Safety and Health Manager, the CSHM. If you become an IHMM credentialed professional, then you will be in the top 1% of your profession and your credential will have a global reach. Check out their programs they offer at www.ihmm.org. That's www.ihmm.org. What are you waiting for? Get started today. Well, let's do, we'll do a couple of questions as we're winding down here a little bit. What are three things a leader can do to create impactful social media presence? Three things that they can do. I would say, number one, have the profile. Say you're not going to even create content. LinkedIn is probably all of our number one digital identity. Right? If I put Sean Grady, maybe not. You've got a few different, you've got a website. You're pretty out there. But still, if I put you on Grady, odds are maybe LinkedIn would come up first. It's possible, strong possibility. But definitely for most of us who aren't active, that's the number one thing that's going to come up. All the stats are out there, right? All of the big companies are doing research on this all the time. New recruits look up the CEO. They look up at the leadership team. They look up at the hiring manager. So if it's from a talent perspective, you should look at LinkedIn as an extension of your website, right? We used to look at it as a resume. Now... Each one of your executives, like if they're in charge of this function, marketing, or this industry, healthcare, you go to their page, it should speak to the customer. That should be a, a talent and customer hub. It should speak to them. You should have content that they can take away, calls to actions on how to connect. So even if you're not even creating, create a killer like profile. And there's things like the banner image, yep. the background image. So few execs use that. But imagine if it was your website, you know, and, and you didn't have a creative visual when you landed on the homepage. That's the one thing that most execs care about, right? When they're picking on the website, why don't we, can't we have this visual? Can't we, right? Everyone's being yep. creative director, but then you go to their page and they're not utilizing it. And that thing should scream your industry. It should tell somebody why they should hit follow. You should really utilize that. So have a really strong profile is number one. Number two, I would say, is create a little strategy. It doesn't have to be important, but the things we talked about today, right? What are, what's important to that leader? So it's going to probably be a mix of what the business strategy is and then what's their personal, could be, could be their just unique kind of character and how they're going to write the content. Or maybe it's a, a women in leadership type thing that's going to, they're very passionate about, and that's going to bring authenticity and something else. So just create a few different topics, like what, and then what does success look like? It's about consistency. Maybe look at the competitors or peers that you look up to and just get a mood board going about what great content looks like, what feels right to you. Mm -hmm. And so that's the strategy piece. Just say, Hey, we're going to do this for three to six months. And this is what we want to look like and what we're going to write about and have a bit of a plan. It doesn't have to be overkill. 
And then obviously the third one is just figure out how you're going to extract the content. So some of us are more tailored to, to be honest with you, I haven't dove deep into video myself yet, but now that's my big thing for this year. I got all the gear, I figured out how to set up the, all of the equipment. And so that's my thing. Others are more writers. So just figure out the format. But the most important thing is like, where are you going to get the ideas from? There's right. easy ways to hack it. L listen to create some, follow some podcasts or get a team member to pride you with a couple important questions. What would customers, what would bring value to them? What are they, what should you be talking about? Get a little interview going on video and prioritize that in your schedule. That's good. I like it. I think those are good three topics to, or three things to do to start creating a social, an impactful social media presence. What are some of the biggest mistakes leaders or executives make when they're trying to create a social media presence? Maybe this one will be a little controversial, but it's just my experience. I've seen this area. So social media, I've seen it sit in either communications or I've seen it sit in marketing. And, and, but this is different from every company. So I'm not going to point the finger at either comms or marketing. It could be different, but in general, what I see is comms are more focused on those more high level messages. So how we were doing LinkedIn in the past, which is still important stuff. So what are our, our press releases and our awards that we won and, you know, employer branding is, was always a big part of comms in the places that I've worked at. So those more higher level messages. Mm -hmm. And then where I see the companies that are doing it well, it generally sits in marketing and they're more focused on thought leadership, customer um, strategy, that type of thing. And so I think the shift is more towards the marketing. I think that's where you see the business value because although the high level messages they do, they are important. So definitely factor them in there, but it shouldn't be weighted towards more about you. It should be more about the market. And so I would say that's the big first one. So focusing too much on those other topics and not enough on adding value to the, the industry conversation or differentiation. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing is, and I think we're like so many companies are guilty of this. I've been guilty of this in the past. Professional services, large organizations, we always stay up here when we're, when we're doing thought leadership. So say it's AI, every company is going to come out with a thought leadership report on cyber as an example, but we tend to stay up here, right? Cyber is going to have tremendous risks. It's also going to have opportunities. It's going to have, you know, things that we generally know. And I'll say the biggest, I think a, a shift that's going to happen is you've got to go one level deeper. So don't just stick to, and you can do that in a number of different ways. You can just say, and here's my personal perspective on it, or here's our differentiator, or here's a case study on how we actually use this thing for customers. You gotta bring it a little bit more concrete. And the difference between that is you become part of the noise, as you said, or you make a customer go, oh, that's, wow, that's how they're using AI. Okay, I also have a use case for that. They're using, that's what automation actually is in audits, right? It's a, great, it's a great perspective there, Dan, too, because I don't know how many times people are like, what's generative AI? And they'll like, that's a good question. There's still a bit of a, a little bit of a mystery around the use case and the application of it and how it actually works. And, and unless you can break it down for a common person who maybe not in the tech industry, but needs that tech to solve problems, 
you like you said, bring out the case study, then they, they can connect the dots. A hundred percent, hundred percent. And I know that actually you guys had a, a Gen AI piece yep. and it was really interesting because it says, here's how it's applicable for these different industries, which are your industries. And you had examples of it. And I said, oh, wow, this is how they're going to use it for water management or whatever that is. And it just makes it much more interesting. Right. And that's how a client's going to see it and say, hey, we have a similar use case. But if we stay too high level, I think you sound like one of many. Yes. Yep. Yep. I agree with you there. This has been a, a very interesting conversation. A lot of people are looking to change the way they've maybe been doing things. They want to level up. They want to take the next step in creating a, a strategy. Talk a little bit about the services you offer leaders to level up their game and creating a more successful marketing strategy, whether that's on LinkedIn or other platforms. Sure. Talk about your services. Yeah. And we try and keep it very tight. We offer just a, a couple of things. It's mainly a program that we'll take a leader through or a leadership team through. And the hook of it, you are USP, if you will, is that we help you create a month of content through a one hour video, uh, one hour interview. So we just do something like this, all, all the little hacks that I told you about that you can do with your team. We do that and we can do it remotely. Or if you want to do that in person, we'll bring a video crew. We'll do it all, uh, all the top notch gear. But at the end of the day, we are bringing questions that, that help a leader start talking. And then we turn that into a month's worth of content through video and through writing. Behind the scenes, that is just a few steps. We just start with a briefing call and we really understand what your priorities are. We want to know who your competitors are, who you look up to, what success looks like. So we, it's a one hour call. That's it. In two weeks, we come back with a personalized strategy. So we do competitor analysis. We do the mood boards on what great content looks like. And we'll do your whole, revamp your whole profile, rebrand it, make you look really, you know, it, you know, exciting and trustworthy. And then we've got a plan for the next three to six months. We say we want to hit publish this much. We want to go here. We're going to do this with our followers. So we've got the strategy in place. And then from there on, we just work on content. So we can either have a call every two weeks, or we can do like a monthly call, or we can get you in front of a camera and we start creating content. We work with our editors and our writers and we help you. We don't look at it as ghost writing. We don't go, we don't go there at all. They're like your words and you're in front of the camera and we're, we're just helping you craft some copy for that as well. But really the idea is that all of the insights are coming from the leader themselves. And we're just the team behind, behind the scenes. So all the leader has to know is they have to invest one hour a month and we're going to make top-notch content happen. So then from then on, we're just working each month on, on, on content strategy. And it's all, the calls are always really interesting because we're talking about business strategy. So one week it might be, yeah, here's, it's the end of the year. So we might do a 2024 industry trends type content, or maybe mm -hmm. you've got an event that you just did and you're all fired up and you had some keynote there and you had some video footage. We'll take that footage. We'll chop it up. Whatever is important for you at that time. That's why these regular check-ins are, are so effective. We're just taking those insights and we're going to create some great content together. Oh, that's great. I think that would be a real enticing service for an executive who, like we talked about earlier, stretch for time, they understand they need to do it. They may struggle a little bit how to get off, get it off the ground. Maybe they don't have the marketing team around them to really help them 
support this level of engagement from a social media perspective. They just need that extra hired hand, so to speak, that has a, a good understanding of how to do this. So I think that's a great, I think this type of type of content creation and basically profile, basically redoing or upping your profile on LinkedIn would, would also help maybe a small business person. Uh, who is just wanting to get their business off the ground, not just a, a big executive of a big company, but even so for a small business, you know, smaller B2B type companies who are looking to carve out their niche in the industry too. I'm assuming same principles apply here. Same principles apply. I'm a small business. And I tell you right now, most of my, if it's not word of mouth from a, a customer, the rest comes from LinkedIn. Now, yes, I'm prioritizing that channel. But it doesn't matter how small you are. It's like your customers are there. And so you'll find your niche. And so it's 100%. And that's what's interesting, too, is I actually, we study a lot the best companies that are doing this well. And it's the startups and it's like yeah. the markets. And they get it. And they're a little bit maybe younger or a little bit more set. And, but they're hungry. Yeah. And so they're doing it themselves, which is interesting because that's what you need for success. So it used to be about, I've got a whole marketing team that can run our company. Yeah, but that's actually changed a lot. So the, that founder mentality of being hungry and showing up and do it yourself, you actually need to do that. And so we study a lot of what these hungrier startups are doing and their approach. And we say, hey, big corporates, learn from these guys. So that's good. it's 100% effective for the smaller guys. And actually, they're the best ones that are doing it. That's great. That's great. Dan, how do people get a hold of you if they want to learn more about the trends.ceo? Yeah, that's also the URL. I will say wait two weeks because we're launching a new site and it's my the business is just over a year. So I had just the placeholder site up and a new exciting one's coming soon, but that's the URL. It's it is T-R-E-N-D-S dot CEO. That's the URL. And then I'm on LinkedIn. That's my main channel. So you can just find me, Dan uh, D. Federico put that into the search, probably see me there. I'd love to connect with you. That's good. Dan, we really appreciate you coming on the show. We'll make sure we get your information out to the listeners. Thanks for all the intel, advice, the strategy discussions around creating a social media presence and how leaders can up their game and level up. I uh, really appreciate you coming on the show. I appreciate it, man. And for all the listeners, man, just follow what Sean's doing and you're doing a great job, man. So I look to you a lot. I've had you in some of my presentations. And so, yeah, it's not that complicated, right? You're just having good conversations, hit record, and you're doing a great thing. So look to Sean for best practice. Appreciate you, Dan. And we'll talk to you soon. Okay. All right, man. Thanks again. Thank our guest, Dan DeFederico, for coming onto the show today. If you want to learn more about Dan and Trends.co and the consulting services he offers, you can email him at dan at trends.co. We'll also put a link to his contact information on my website. To listen to future environmental transformation podcasts, you can check us out on my website at www.seankgrady.com and access all our episodes and sign up for our emails and blog posts. Remember, don't forget to hit that follow button and please write a review about this episode. Also, if you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe to the channel and tell your friends about the podcast. Well, thanks for listening. And until next time, make a positive impact in someone's life today.